0: Hello,
1: hello! Here
0: we go. It's the CupEye Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Copy Podcast. It's another stat show, another stat show with Mike from Opta. Mike, how's it? How are you going? How's it going, lad? How are you doing?
1: Pretty well. We're on a, we're on a roll of shows here. Last what <laughs> five five weeks or something, and we will keep winning, so I can't complain.
0: Yeah. And we keep saying like it's I don't know, is it because we're doing these shows? I like to think that it is. I've I've heard like someone on Twitter saying like clops into them stat shows. So uh, said <laughs> <laughs> so the more statue you throw out, the better the, the lads in training just fucking turn up and they're going for it. So <laughs> but, we'll um, choose to believe that. Yeah, why not? But well the Reds have won six in a row, so it's we can we can make a bit of fiction for ourselves. It makes ourselves it makes us feel better to keep to keep doing that. But um yeah, I'm, I'm Brentford. So like me and Christian done like the uh, like the reaction show and stuff. But we didn't. When I think back to it now, we didn't actually speak about probably the most annoying part of the game, which was the referee. And I think it's quite good in a way that we didn't because uh, it saves it for this show. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I mean, it was a, it wasn't the best game in terms of footy I think Liverpool played some good stuff but in terms of like Brentford and like their setup and like weird like throw-ins and going down all the time the referee didn't help and and you put some stats up on on your Twitter like and yeah it was pretty damning stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah so the first one was speaking with the referee was he gave 19 fouls against Liverpool which is the second highest Liverpool have had in, in any Premier League game under Klopp, the highest was one of Klopp's first games in October 2015 against Chelsea, 21, so it's the highest at Anfield. Um, and listen, sometimes that happens, um, sometimes you have a game where it is a, a bit of a dirtier game, more full-on game, but I would, I could argue a lot of those free kicks just weren't free kicks, it was just cases of like a player just feeling a contact and just going down, or a tiny little nudge and it was enough for, for the ref to give it. And it was just like he was playing into... That was exactly what Brentford wanted, that to break up the game and make it bitty and and horrible. And, and it just made it... Even though Liverpool were winning, it's probably one of the least I've enjoyed a Liverpool win all season because I was just watching the game and thinking, this isn't a football match. It's like... It's just like the referee is just in control of what's going on here and there was no pattern to the game at all all because he was just... Too
0: many fouls going away. Yeah, and I think like I think the old cliche is you shouldn't you shouldn't really notice the referee in a game. Like it should be smooth. If there's fouls to be given, then fair enough. But it was like he was like, right, the season's nearly ending. I've just got to make some more records. Got to tick a few more boxes. Let's give a load more fouls. And I, I I went the match and I was like, it it riled everyone up in a good way. So it kept the mm. atmosphere good. I thought in that in yeah. in in that weird sense. But I just, I just feel like it's like 19 fouls. And it was like, there was a couple that were, I mean, some of them probably were. But I mean, on the whole, like some very debatable and just somewhere you're like, what are you doing? I think mm-hmm. I remember one, like I think it was on Fabinho. And it looks like he just gets cleaned out. And it's like, then we go and tackle someone and he gives the foul for that. And you're just like, Fabinho gets up and he's just like, typical yeah, Fabinho smiling.
1: That- the ball had just come out of the box, hadn't it? Yeah, and I think yeah, Mbernod yeah. had challenged Fabinho and it, it was a pretty high tackle. And you thought, right, well, if you're not going to give that, fair enough. But then yeah. we gave the slightest little nudge then on yeah. on the, the Brentford attacker, and he gave the foul. I, I do I do know which bit you mean. It's yeah. just Things like that, I just don't get what his mindset was there, Anthony Taylor, in terms of was he trying to let the game go, or was he trying to make it just no, no, basically stamp his authority because i don't know it was just a weird weird <laughs> performance um so yeah i agree with you there
0: yeah I, I don't know and the other one you put up about like the the ball being in play for um 43 minutes and 10 seconds um yeah. i mean we've seen like it's quite good actually seeing like the stats coming through about like um who takes the longest on goal kick kicks mm. and throw wins and it's 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 something that is it shouldn't be needed but like when you look at like the times, like over the years, of how much the ball's in play, and it's going down steadily in yeah. terms of how much it's staying in play. Mm. But like some of the stats that you can see from from this season, especially like the, like Newcastle's and stuff and goal kicks, and and this yeah. one was 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 the same again. when in in this yeah. game,
1: I'm I'm quite sort of pleased that the company I've worked for, Opta, are sort of highlighting it because you've referenced the stats there from Opta Analyst. um, And I don't know if anyone listening to this will have seen their articles about time-wasting, but they are fantastic in terms of it shows how long each team takes to take the goal kicks, take the free kicks, take the throw-ins, take everything, which I think is really good. Liverpool time-waste less than any other team in the Premier League. You'll be pleased to know this season. Um, but yeah, so with regard to the Brentford game, um, the ball was only in play for 43 minutes and 10 seconds. So if you you were at that game, you got to watch less than a half worth of football <laughs> being played, and and it's it's a, it's the lowest in any Premier League game this season. Um, so in terms of Anthony Taylor giving people, you know, their entertainment and watching the match, he's he's sort of taken that away by giving so many fouls and allowing the game to be so slow. That, People who went to that game, like yourself, didn't get to watch that much football for the for the ticket price. And then, not only was it was lowest in a Premier League game this season, it's the lowest on record in a Liverpool Premier League game, which is absolutely mind blowing. Really, that goes back to two thousand six or seven. So forty three minutes is the lowest ball in play time in a, in a Liverpool match. That's the least amount of football that has been played in a, in a Liverpool Premier League game on record. Um, so it's almost like throwback to the old days where there was just no football being played. It was just a different sport. And, and it was, for, even though Liverpool were ahead, I mean, I, I was watching on, on the TV, but it was just frustrating to watch the match and, and I wasn't entertained by the game in any way. It was just, it was just like completely different to any other Liverpool game all season, really, in terms of there was just no flow to it whatsoever. Even the games Liverpool lost, at least there was some flow to it. You know what I mean? There was something going on. It was just the referee, just and Brentford also taking the time because the yeah. analysts did highlight that Brentford did waste more time than Liverpool, despite the fact yeah. they were losing. They killed more time from the game than Liverpool, which says it all, really. Like, Surely, if you're losing, you need to play a bit more to try and get into the game. But clearly, Brentford disagreed with that because they somehow wasted more time than the team that were winning. So, yeah, it's blown my mind a bit, really. But, yeah, I'm glad yeah. it's over with and we got the win anyway.
0: Yeah, and and it, like you said, it's it's good all the stuff that you, we're, we're getting to see, and it's it shouldn't be. I don't think it should be in a perfect world. It shouldn't be necessary because everyone should want to play footy. And yeah. and I've, I've felt like at times over the years, like especially nowadays where Liverpool we're, were quite an honest team. Like you said, we 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 waste the least amount of time. Like Alisson's really quick on goal kicks and whatever mm. else. You got like Nick Pope and Pickford, like crazy amounts of seconds on goal kicks, and you're like, yeah. In in your in your in your head when you're watching it and you're like, Am I like going insane or is he taking like twice the amount of time as like Allison? And then Allison yeah. gets the yellow card in the Brentford game. And I'm just on <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm my mind yeah. at that point, my head just exploded. I was like, What the fuck is going on? I think he took like less than most that keepers on average. I think it was like twenty eight seconds or something like that. I think yeah. Allison took in that one. He took about
1: his average time for a goal kick yeah. this season and got booked. It was... <laughs> yeah, and that's, <laughs> and that's saying, really.
0: Yeah, because he wanted to tick every box. It was like, right, what, what haven't I done yet? Right, I'll, I'll give the keeper yell <laughs> yeah. a yellow card for not wasting time because he knows, and he knows that. I'm sure he's seen all the stats that Allison doesn't waste. We don't, we don't waste time as a team. And like I was yeah. just about to say, like, there's been times, like especially this season, sometimes if we get a lead, and even in previous years where maybe you've got a one 0 lead, two 0 lead, it's like right, like let's just take our foot off the gas a little bit. Um. But I think that maybe it's counterintuitive or counterproductive to how Liverpool play. They want to keep keep their momentum, keep on the front foot, especially at home. So I understand that point of view. Um, but I think it's like Liverpool, too honest. But I'm i am quite happy that we're like that because it's like, at least where, when you look at the tables, like who takes the most time? It's like, well, we'll, well, at least not we're not down there. And then when they do somehow fix it, whenever that'll be, we won't be affected by it because we tend yeah. to keep it quick anyway. And I think that's the thing we've got, we've got to look at it.
1: I think that's a really good point, because if if it gets to a stage where they do say, right, we need to, whether it's, I don't know how they'll do it, whether it's they do a stop clock and, and, and you know, you play exactly an hour and, and the, and the ball, the, the clock stops every time the ball goes out of play, I, I don't know if they'll they'll do that, um, not many Premier League games actually get an hour's worth of ball in playtime, to be honest, about maybe 54, 55 minutes would be your average, but yeah, so I don't know whether they'll choose to do something like that, but. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause we can rest easy, that's knowing that this Liverpool team under Klopp won't be affected by that in any way. Whereas if you're Newcastle, who average about 51 minutes um, in play this season, which is four minutes below the average, that'll affect them because they they're having four more minutes of football to play if they have to come up to the average. They can't, they can't do the. Time. I know they were moaning that Arsenal were time wasting, but it was sort of a bit of a taste of their own medicine there, wasn't it? Yeah, a little
0: bit. Yeah,
1: so. <laughs> And 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 Brentford as well. Um, in fact, one of the optus stats for the preview in the weekend's game was that uh, this weekend's game coming up is that of the eleven Premier League games this season to see the lowest amount of ball in play time, Brentford games have been seven of those eleven, which tells you all you need to know about what wow. Brentford do with their football. But but it seems like that where suddenly will they have to change the way they play because you know they can't try to basically make less football be played which yeah it will impact
0: liverpool at the very least yeah it's um yeah i mean the more you think of it it, it, it is mad and and it's good that it's getting highlighted because at least that it's in the public domain people can see it um yeah referees can see it and get on get onto it i don't know and, and start booking a bit earlier in preparation for what's going to come in i don't know um or just but, yeah,
1: the right amount of added time That'd be good in some All games that, yeah. where that you can tell a team in time wasting they'll give three or four minutes and you think there's been more than that. They, they <laughs> took that long over two
0: substitutions. <laughs> yeah, but what what makes me laugh though is like so they'll if they're generous with that they might give five or whatever or six and then someone goes down for two and a half minutes. Yeah, exactly. six and, they, and they blow up on ninety six. Like, well, yeah. no, it's now 98 ninety eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've, you've missed exactly. another two and a half minutes there. Hundred um, percent. But yeah, it's 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 funny. But um, we were. Talking about Brentford and, and I mean like their setup, the referee kind of just letting them do whatever they want, giving them fouls and all that. But um, yeah, it, it didn't work ultimately. Like 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 we were saying, and they only had five shots, sh- shots and zero point two xg, which is the lowest we faced all season in the Premier League. I think that that in itself, because I think like like you said, it wasn't the it wasn't the best game. It was a win, which was much needed in, in terms of Champions League um, opportunities, which we'll get onto in a minute. But yeah it kind of felt like they they weren't really testing us because I think we showed, we, we were talking about like energy and stuff, you've got to match Brentford for energy and, and creativity and, and all that. All of the physical stuff, I thought we'd done that. I thought they just went about it in a bit of a weird way because I, I feel like if they would have got the ball down a little bit more and tried to play balls over the top or stuff like that, they probably would have had more joy rather than just falling over and trying to get yeah. free kicks and pumper in the box.
1: I think it's the most positive thing to come out of that game was how little chances Brentford actually had to score like you say five shots 0.2 xg so even the xg per shot is very very low so they didn't I, I can't even remember many of their chances really in the game um, so I think that is a real positive for Liverpool in that you know how many times have, have we lost a game this season you feel like we've been bullied a bit you know Bournemouth away Forest away Uh, There was the Wolves game as well. Set pieces were a problem in that game. And you felt like um, Liverpool were actually getting bullied physically. And and that Brentford had every opportunity to do that with the amount of times, you know, they got, they had a foul, they had a free kick and and a corner or or a throw in or whatever it was, as we just mentioned, and how little the ball was actually in play. They had plenty of opportunities to do the set piece routines, which they're so good at. Um, And Liverpool completely nullified that. Um, and they, they just didn't create anything. In fact, from set pieces, I think they only had 0.05 XG. So really, really low from set pieces. So that's that's actually a really good positive for, um, for Liverpool because yeah. we spoke about the Fulham game last week. Liverpool gave a couple of chances away to Fulham, even though they kept a clean sheet. Whereas this time that, that didn't happen, despite yeah. Brentford's best efforts and maybe the referee's best efforts. But um, yeah, so that, that is a really pleasing thing to come out of the game.
0: Yeah, I I feel like they could, like I said they could they could have done it. They could have caused us more problems if they would have just played it. I don't know if like the whole totally agree. Um, yeah. If the, if the, I don't know if they've like been watching the the forest highlights and like the, in the build up, like all right, let's just get as many thrones as we can yeah. launch it in and it cause havoc. But it's like well played a few games since then mate so we've we've probably made a few adjustments we're ready even after like we mentioned like I said after the fulham game we were like we were, we were talking about like if they play balls into spaces and and running behind tony's got pace and boamo's got mm-hmm. pace he can cause because uh, they had one ruled out of course of course which was um a marginally offside but it was that yeah. type of that type of um move that they could have maybe done a little bit more would have, yeah. would have created a 100%. few more chances against us mm-hmm. um but Gladly they didn't, they tried yeah. to play it a different way and uh, we're, glad, we're, we're happy for it because we got the points and we were just talking about like before we started about like um, the, the ultra positive thing that is Champions League chances and uh, <laughs> of course Liverpool winning and then you've got the, the rest of the weekend and castle yeah. get beat by uh, Arsenal, Man United get beat by West Ham and you're like right, it's like the Jim Carrey meme so you're saying it's a chance, The same, you're saying it's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and, but. And you get your hopes up a little bit, but then you're looking at we yeah. were talking about before like like the, the fixtures and stuff like Leeds. I've got Newcastle at home on Saturday Man United that play at home to Wolves. We don't play till Monday now. Um but I think in terms of chances, it's still pretty low, isn't it? But I think yeah. like it's marginally gone up. I think everyone's mm-hmm. hope has gone up a little bit. Um but I think it's still we just need to probably expect it to to not happen. I think that's probably best for everyone, isn't it? That well, that's my philosophy, definitely. Philosophy, yeah. um, but,
1: um, I've, I, 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 I think the before the, the weekend, Liverpool's chances were less than 10%, I think, and now they're more like 25, 26, something like that. Last I checked, so um, in terms of opters, prediction models, and things like that. So, yeah, one in four chance, I think that's generous to be honest. I think that's a, there's a lot of recency in that, in terms of Newcastle and Man United didn't get results at the weekend, whereas Liverpool did. Um, Ultimately, to get top four, Liverpool will have to win all three games and hope that Newcastle either Newcastle lose two of the their four, or Man United draw two of their four. Um, and you look at the fixtures, Newcastle got Leeds, Brighton, Leicester, and Chelsea, they'd have to lose two of those. Man United have got Wolves, Bournemouth, Chelsea and Fulham, they'd have to draw two of those. And that's assuming Liverpool win all their remaining three. Two of them are away from home. We know we've struggled away from home all season. Um, you know We've won six in a row, but only two of those have been away. The were 4 have been at Anfield. So the away struggles, I don't think, have fully gone away. I don't think you can say that yet. So there's too many ifs and buts to say, yes, we're, we're going to do it. That's for, for sure. So I think my mantra is the exact same it has been the last couple of weeks on this show, just trying to enjoy the end of the season, enjoy watching Liverpool play a bit more positively recently and just see where it takes us into the summer and then next season.
0: Yeah. I think the one positive for this, this weekend is like, like we said, Leeds play Newcastle and uh, United play Wolves. That's on the Saturday. So we can see yep. how that unfolds. If, if yep. the, I mean, amazingly both slip up and then Liverpool are right, right. We need to then go to to, to Leicester on Monday and then put, a, put in a performance. And then, the chances increase a little bit more. I suppose it increases the hope and, and like, we, like you said before we start to recording, it's the hope that kills you. Yeah? And it is. Yeah. But um I think yeah. it's just nice to have a bit of optimism, and a bit of hope. It ultimately might be crushed right in front of our faces, but I think just the way the season's gone, I think it's just nice that have that. I mean, like 26%. I agree, it's a bit it's a bit generous considering like how many variables there is to take mm. off for it to happen. Um but I think it comes Saturday, like five o'clock we'll know but both teams results and then we'll yeah we can kind of start making our calculations for the Leicester game how many do we need to win by <laughs> <later>. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah I mean look it, I think we've we've summed it up pretty well there between us like in terms of yeah <laughs> the chance isn't it there's there's hope and and yeah it'd be a myth mi- if Liverpool were to pull it off it would be a minor miracle it would be and um, but Yeah, I think the fact that they've had this run of six games, wins in a row, has been massive. And if you just think there was the Arsenal game before that, that was the last time Liverpool didn't win. If you think that's those two Ramsdale saves at the end, you just think if one of them had gone in, those two extra points could have been massive. Um, Because then suddenly Man United only need to draw one game out of four rather than two out of four. But yeah, you're relying on too many things at the minute to say, yeah, it's going to happen.
0: Well, we can we can still hope for a top four on an Everton relegation. It's still on, it's still on, <laughs> yeah. it's still possible. Everyone, so keep praying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I was laughing before, like before we started going about like Mo Salah and stuff, and we say it every single week. Like we could just do like a Salah, like what 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 records does he broke this week? How many goals has he scored and whatever? But there was one that I, th- I thought was really interesting that you, that you. Uh, that you sent me, Mike, was the Mo Salad is the fourth player ever to um, mm-hmm. only the fourth player ever to score 30 plus goals three consecutive seasons and the, the other three players in the list, are, um, they're not too bad, are they?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was Roger Hunt, the great Roger Hunt World Cup winner, Roger Hunt, Shankly's number, best centre forward basically in his era, top scorer in centre forward anyway um, and so he did it in the 60s. Then you've got Ian Rush, Liverpool's top goal scorer of all time and will probably stay that way. It's hard to see someone getting, you know, well over 300 goals to, to overtake him. Robbie Fowler in the 90s, and, well, there's a reason Liverpool fans call him God, because he really was brilliant. Um, and now Sal has added his name to, the, to that list, and being that list, that elite list of, of four, basically, arguably the four greatest goal scorers Liverpool have ever had in any era. Um, so it's just it's like you say we do we talk about Salah every week and it's hard to sort of think of new ways but he's just breaking that many <laughs> records you can't not talk about him because you know if you, you, you can't you can't ignore these things you've got if you don't mention them people that's when people sort of forget the brilliance yeah. of what he's doing so I think you've just you've got to mention them and just say this guy's doing things that you know, not many players in world football can achieve. Certainly, not many right wingers. Because if you look at Hunt, Russian, Fowler, they were all centre forwards. And Sal has done this as a right winger. Doesn't? Never, never really played the odd game up front. But very rarely is a centre forward. So, yeah, he's 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 a magician. Isn't he?
0: he is, and uh, yeah, I agree. Like, because. It, it, it makes me laugh though because every time I write, I write stuff down for this, I'm like, right, I've, I'm going to put salad in there for the next week because like he's going to do something next week anyway. <laughs> yeah. And he's going, he's going, he's going to have got another one because like, like you said, that there's that one. There's the hundredth Anfield goal. There's scored a nine in a row at Anfield, which is yeah. another record. I think he overtook. Was it Suarez for for that one? Which is... Suarez and gone
1: Hodgson. Yeah, from yeah, <laughs> incredible. <laughs>
0: yeah and like when you look at the list of goal scorers and like Hodgson's in there Suarez we know how much of a genius he was and you just like surpass and I think like the one the nine in a row is like I think it's quite interesting but it's like even that is like it it shouldn't even be like I don't even think it. Well, I was going to say it wouldn't be on his radar, but I think Klopp's reference like Salah like, he looks at everything, like he what he checks like mm. the record, and it wants to beat them. But I think like even what that is like, well, he, when he looks back, it's like well, there's my name there again, there's me yeah. name in that one, 100%. and it's just like it's like you said, it's just a pure a pure magician, and I think we have to. He, I think even when he, I think he, even if he doesn't score next week, and we, if we do another show, just we'll just have another Salah section, <laughs> be so Salah section, there. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's one off.
1: The, the other one he's got coming now is he's one off getting 20 goals in the Premier League again. And if he does that, he'll have got 20 goals in five out of six seasons in the Premier League for Liverpool, um, including the last three in a row. So he needs one goal in Liverpool's last three games to do that. Now, the last player to score 20 league goals three seasons running for Liverpool was Roger Hunt in the 60s. So Rush didn't do that. Fowler didn't do that. Owen never scored twenty goals, league goals in a season in his whole career for any club. Michael Owen, and he won a Ballon (laughs) d'Or. And Salah is on course to do it five out of six seasons and three seasons running. Um, So that's the next record he'll he's got in in his sights. Where, but yeah, it's just it's just like tick boxes for him, isn't it? He's just getting the next one done. Yeah, amazing.
0: He's probably just got like a big folder in his house, and he like by his bed. Like he just, he just, you can just imagine him like with his feet up, like get, gets it out every night with like a little cup of tea. He's like, right, next week I'll go for uh, I'll go for that one, that one, and that one. <laughs> but like we were saying about the um the the four player to score thirty um, plus goals in three consecutive seasons, and you said like Hunt, Rush, and Fowler. So Salah's on that. But if he then we were saying before we started recording as well, like if he then does it again next year and becomes mm. this elite person who's the only person mm-hmm. to score f- four times in a row like you said like he then i mean i think in terms of when it's hard to put someone in like like the echelons of like Dagleish and yeah. Gerard and stuff just because of the current but like if he does if he does that and like you said that one you mentioned before about 20 20 goals, it's hard it's hard to not just think he's one of the he's he's easily one of the best ever and he should always yeah. be in your top five I I think he's
1: in I think he's in the top five now. Um if I was to say, and I think when people look back in 20 years' time, he may well be in that top five then now, even if he was to leave the club now. But yeah, if he was to do this again next season and have another 30 goal season, I think you just can't not put him in that bracket of he is closing in. I'm not I wouldn't say Jard and Dalglish do stand out as the two greatest Liverpool have ever had. He would be in the mentioning certainly to be coming up to that sort of level in terms of Liverpool greats for me. If he was to do that, I mean he's not that far off as is. Um, I'd certainly put him up there with all well, you sort of your next sort of tier of legends, your rushers and your Sunesses and players like that, true greats at the club. Um, but yeah, he's it's really hard to quantify while he's still at the, the club, like you say, because how do you how do you compare him to the past? Um but it's, it's how you've got to think how will he be seen in 20 years' time? And you just think of the YouTube compilations that this man will have or whatever will exist in 20 years, that they're gonna be insane. Uh, you, the, the, if, you, if you were to just put all his goals together, how long a video would that be? It would be yeah. so incredibly long. So yeah, yeah. amazing player. Yeah
0: all types of goals as well pens left foot right foot a few a few headers in there um a few belters long ranges yeah
1: um, important goals as well important and, and goals you look at the teams final. he scored most against man city and man united like yeah. the two Says it all. closest teams to liverpool in the last five years really in terms of how good they'd be and that those are the teams he scored most against so
0: yeah because yeah. I, I don't <laughs> know if you saw the um he done an interview with like uh the, um rio fernand about like his like his goals and stuff and he mentioned like something about that he was like i'm a i'm a big game player yeah like we've had a few of them over the years but like i feel like salah i think he is like the ultimate big game player because i think there was a couple of times where we did play man united and he weren't as good city a couple of times and then it's like all of a sudden there's like a switch just gone on in his his head and it's like right i'm just gonna just gonna score shitloads now against those teams when it's the most important
1: Absolutely, you know he scored. I know it was a penalty, but he scored in the Champions League final against Arsenal. He scores against Arsenal so regularly. I think they're the next after Man City, Man United, Tottenham. He scores against Tottenham. All the big sides, he scored so many goals against. There's only Chelsea are probably a, a bit below in terms of his goal scoring. If you were look at the stereotypical top sides, um, but yeah, he, he just doesn't matter who he plays. There's actually only one team he hasn't scored against in the Premier League for. Liverpool, uh, and I won't have you guess it because you'll be here all day, but it's <laughs> Swansea. Um, he only played them twice in his first season. They got relegated. He got a couple of assists, but didn't get a goal. Um, so they're the only team he's played against in the Premier League for Liverpool and not scored. So it just doesn't matter. He, he will score against everyone. Um, yeah. Astonishing footballer, really. when he's Swansea oh. to come up and get promoted, and then he can, <laughs> then he can complete the
0: set. Yeah. He's probably got that in his little book next to his bed. Yeah. That's probably it. Yeah. Only team Swansea with like loads of loads of um loads of arrows on it. Like get there yeah. one day. But when you when you're winding up there, I thought you were gonna say what you're gonna I thought you're gonna do a quiz on me and go, what's the team? And I would have just yeah. been added about another thirty minutes to this show. So I'm glad we didn't yeah. do that. It's hard to remember they were just they were only in the Premier League the one that
1: sells first season. And he scored that many goals, you'd have thought, well he must have scored against them that season, but somehow he didn't.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, what a guy. Um. And like we said, we were mentioning, like, we could do these every week, just like Salah alone, just about Alison yeah. alone. I thought yeah. it be good just to finish on um, Curtis Jones because, um, yeah, like a mad, a mad weird time to be a footballer, be a young footballer, play for a massive Liverpool side, be a local lad try and get into the team come into the team when um we've got loads of injuries you're playing more than you probably should and then you yeah your like um price or whatever your value is seen as more because you're playing more and whatever else and then injuries and whatever else loads of stuff happens people questioning his commitments and i don't know attitudes weird injury weird eye injury shin splints stress fracture in the leg all kinds of mad stuff but He's coming to the side recently, and like we've been saying, that he's coincided with Liverpool being being very, very good, and him being a being a big part of that. Without being like amazing, like he hasn't been like, yeah. but like in terms of like that position, I don't think it's a position where you go, "Oh yeah, he was amazing today." I think it's the same with Wan when he was at the club; like he, he'd always be solid, but you'd never you'd never have to think about it because he was just like a constant. He was always there, and I think Curtis Jones, if he can, I think he's showing levels of, of hopefully getting there one day I mean he's still very far away from that but yeah. it's it's promising signs that he's been in the, in, in the squad so much and in the team recently and Liverpool are doing well
1: yeah because it was funny you, you mentioned like people questioning him this season um, and I think there's always been question marks of him it, it by, by you know I mean there's question marks of everyone if you look through Twitter hard enough but um, there's always been these sort of underlying doubts about him Um but for me, he is a, a really good player, and and when people have been, there's people looking at the midfield at the minute, and with him not playing that often until recently, they're thinking, well, he must be surplus to um, requirements. But he just had bad luck with the injury in, on the injury front, as you mentioned, the stress factor and, and various problems with shins and things. So I, I just think that you know he's he's homegrown, he's club trained for Liverpool, so he doesn't use up a, a non-homegrown slot in your Premier League squad or, or your European squad. So as far as that goes, he's really important to have just for that because Liverpool losing Milner and Oxlade Chamberlain very likely this summer. So that's two homegrown players going. So you need players like Curtis Jones who, if fulfil that. But B, as he's shown recently, are good enough to be at Liverpool. And he, and he definitely is. He's been a key part. He's played 80 or more minutes in all six of the wins. So Klopp hasn't even been... Subbing him off early on, he's given him at least 80 minutes in all of these games. He's allowed five substitutions, so you'd have thought now would be the time where if ever he was going to get subbed off, it'd be when in the era of five subs. But he he hasn't really been doing that, getting the 80 plus minutes. He got the goal against Tottenham, he got an assist against Leeds. He's on 94 appearances in his Liverpool career and he's only 22. So it's not like he's just never been a part of this team. It starts and rose's longest ever run of starts yes but he's always been quite a key part of this in the last sort of two or three seasons this 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 liverpool side really um okay he's not as flashy as tiago and a a guaranteed starter like a fabinho or henderson but um you know at 22 do you have to be do you, do you get what i mean like he's, he's yeah, at that yeah. age where he's still got so much development to come um and, yeah, and so I, I'm really pleased for him more than anything that he's proven yeah. a lot of doubters wrong.
0: Yeah, and I think what I've, I've said before, like on a few shows, like I think he is a person that needs consistency as well. I think that's helped him. It's helped us because we're getting the best out of him. He's helping us with his energy and his yeah. nice few few little flicks and tricks against um, Brentford, the Brentford assists, mm-hmm. the goals recently. He's got a... Which is adding to his like goal contributions and stuff, and that's what you want to see from from that side as well. And and I think that's even still like different from Genie because Genie was more of a, like a functional midfielder, just yeah. kind of sit there. We're but we're a different. We're turning into a bit of a different beast to that in terms of obviously style and whatever with the recent, um, tactics and stuff. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like it's nice to see a, a lad doing performing like that and and doing stuff. In the right way, showing he's got consistency. The only thing for me is like, like you said, he doesn't have to be a starter. Um, I just think I hope that once we obviously bring in midfielders and stuff, that he kind of learns his place in the squad. So yeah. when he does come in, we're getting the Curtis Jones after eight games rather than yeah. the Curtis Jones after one game. If you get what mm. I mean, we don't want the Curtis mm-hmm. Jones coming in and going, then i know, taking too many touches, finding his feet, not being sure. Um, Mm. not making those runs not closing down and he's got and he's maybe doubting himself a little bit want the Curtis Jones after eight games in a row confidence Klopp's picking him because he knows that he's happy with him just needs to get that into his mindset and then I think that's I think that's a big part of the reason why he's doing so well because he's had the confidence like I said not getting brought off in games where especially the one nil games recently, I thought, oh, going to bring him off, bring someone else on, a bit mm. more defensive, go a bit more defensive, maybe, and and not shut up shop because it's not our style. I think we all know that, mm. but like, be a bit more uh, defense minded. But he's kept him on, and I think that even that in itself has given him a bit more confidence as well, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and just to go back to what you were sort of um, mentioning there in terms of you know finding his role in the team, um, I think that's why it's, it's really important that this six wins in a row is looking now very likely liverpool will at least have europe next season because without that you know that would be a lot fewer games next season for Liverpool to play without mm-hmm. even Europa League or Conference League or whatever it may be so the fact that they're in that means it'll still be games every three or four days and your squad is going to be used so players like Curtis Jones will get game time as long as he stays fit he will get game time because Thiago can't be played every three or four days you wouldn't expect that Henderson is He's 32 now, so you wouldn't want him to play every three or four days um, or certainly not start every three or four days. So if you can have Curtis Jones coming in and playing, at the minute he's playing that Thiago role and he's doing it really well. So if you can have players like him that you know, right, I can trust him to come in and play this this game. I want him to play the Europa League this week and the Premier League next week or whatever it is you may you may need, whichever game that you, you feel is, is better suited for. But if he can get a consistent run even if it's sub appearances next season or 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 Europa League games or whatever if he can keep a consistent run and maybe get 40 45 appearances even if maybe only half of them are starts you'd more that is brilliant for him and it's brilliant for Liverpool that they have that because it means that Thiago gets a rest when he needs a rest Henderson gets a rest when he needs a rest Um, and Curtis Jones will improve as a footballer for it if he gets that consistency and he'll be learning with those players as well, you know. Imagine learning off Thiago in training every day. So, I think that that's that's absolutely massive for him as well. So, yeah, I think it is important. It, fitness is the big thing to, to to find that role in the team. He's got to stay fit.
0: Yeah, because I, I think even when I look back at like some of his other injuries, like there was times where <clears throat> we were screaming out for Curtis Jones to stay fit, and we had like cool. Thiago injured, Elliot injured, and you're like, right, Curtis Jones needs to be fit now to fill these mm. gaps, get his progression going, get his confidence going. And he'd ultimately get injured have an injury as well. It's like, well, those those are they're quite key moments in like a a kid's growth, if you like, through especially coming through as a local lad, there's even more pressure. So it's nice to see him yeah, getting a few minutes and and doing well. And it coincided with Liverpool winning games, which makes everyone happier. It makes everyone happier. No 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 moaning bastards as as much on Twitter. (laughs) Um so everyone's a bit happier, which is good. Um but yeah, we'll leave it there, Mike. Nice one, as always yeah, for, for jumping on. If, like I say, every week, if you're not following me on Twitter, then please go and do so. It's at Michael underscore Reed eleven. Always loads of good stuff on there, so go and give him a follow on there. Um, yeah, well, we we can do another show next week if you like. If uh, <laughs> if this week if this Saturday goes really well, they will smash smash Leicester a couple by a couple of goals. It might be interesting today. Tell, for you to tell everyone what the what the stats are on the odds on Liverpool getting are for, I'm have to do another Raheem still in Brendan Rodgers here. <laughs> yeah, well, if it ratches up to about thirty five, then I'm I'm probably just going to be like, right, I'm all in now. I'm going <laughs> to to exactly. get me broken. <laughs> yeah, and then in tears on the
1: final day when Newcastle get
0: a last minute winner as a rich Yeah, yeah, we're destined to get our hearts snapped into pieces, but. Um, <laughs> I'm probably going to be ready for it anyway. Um, but yeah, nice one. Nice one, everyone, for listening, as always. Appreciate the support. And yeah, we'll see you all very soon. Nice one. Sports Social Podcast Network.